Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I am your host, Gary Cacciolillo. And before we get started, I want to thank everybody for listening and also thank the contributors to my show, who are executive producers Candace Sanderson, author of The Reluctant Messenger, and Ms. Aida, psychic and author of Who Do Justice Magic, binaural production engineer Damian Keller, author of Sounds Good, Sounds Great, and monthly co-host Jared Murphy, author of It's Not Aliens, It's Worse, It's Us. If you are interested in contributing to this show, go to my website, everythingimaginable2020.com, and you'll find everything you need there. Now, without further ado, our guest for today is Kat Baldwin, and uh, she has been on once before talking about her book, Divine Gifts of Healing, My Life with Spirit. And now she has a new book out called The Forgiveness Workshop from Higher Self Spirit. Thank you for coming on today. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited about this book. It's um, something that, you know, you and I had a long conversation. My first book is like, um, might be difficult for most people to embrace because it talks about my ability to channel and being an intuitive channel and my relationship with spirit. So it's, you know, some people don't, are not connected with that, which I get, which is no problem. Um, but this book is really for everybody, Gary. This is, you know, forgiveness is essential to anyone's healing process. And I think that we all have things that we need to forgive, and particularly, probably first and foremost, ourselves, <laughs> for a lot of choices that we've made in our life, right? <laughs> I, I guess you know I actually this is a good topic for me forgiveness is something that I get stuck on I, I pretty much will hold on to anger and resentment for my entire life and I, I know that in the, it does in the end hurt nothing but for but me but at the same time though there's a certain I don't know sick satisfaction about just wanting revenge <laughs> That's your ego talking. That's not your higher self talking. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. I understand. You get that. You yeah. know, your ego was formed in childhood. Basically, most of us formed our egos in childhood for survival. Their survival mechanism. Ego is necessary um, for protection. Um, a lot of why we remain in ego is social agreement. Um, what we're taught. What we're programmed to believe. And anything that separates us, which is definitely what needs to be looked at right now in the United States, anything that separates us as people comes from the ego. Okay? Mm -hmm. So my book is about, that's why it's called From Your Higher Self and Spirit. It's a different way of forgiving. It's a different perspective. Okay? Yeah. If I asked you, why do you feel the need to hold on to stuff? What, what are you getting out of that when you hold on to things? You I think it's a sense of, sense of power, maybe control. What are you controlling? Or, or, or hope, even. <laughs> the, the, the hope of revenge or hope that, <laughs> that somehow I'm going to get even. Okay, so you, in essence, you would like to see that person hurt as much as you were hurt? Yeah, is that what that yeah, is? yeah. I would think like most people probably feel that way. All right. Well, let me give you the perspective on this then. Okay. okay. From spiritual, from spirit's point of view, right? Mm-hmm. 
So the forgiveness workshop, how that all began was back in 2017, I got a communication from Spirit and they asked me, the first thing they asked me was to form a healing circle in nature. Okay, so nine women joined me and we met a couple weekends in a row. We gathered at a grotto with Mother Mary and we formed our intentions for ourselves and for the planet and for one another. And then they also asked us to hold hold and send healing light and energy to the planet, which we all know is so desperately needed. And this was back in 2017. Okay. This mm-hmm. was back before every all the garbage we're going through now was not even a glimmer in any of our eyes. Okay. <laughs> I don't think any of us would have had any perception that anything this crazy was going to happen to and all over the planet. Right. Right. So we did that. And um, it was a request for us to live from our heart space, too. So after we gathered several times, the second communication came in, and this is what was said to me. You have not forgiven many people, men and women alike. You have on a human ego level, but not on the level of higher self and spirit. So instead of asking what someone's done to you, ask what they have done for you. Did they do their jobs well? What did they teach you? What was and is the lesson? Overcome your human response of judgment, blame, and self-righteousness and embrace with unconditional love and gratitude all that has been provided. See, this is the difference between something happening with someone that's hurtful and you coming from a protective survival ego mechanism, which is what we're taught here, and then coming from spirit, okay, from your higher self, your higher self does not hold on to that. It looks at it as an opportunity that every person that comes across your path is divinely sent, and there is a lesson or there's a reason that that particular thing happens for your growth, Mm -hmm. for your healing, for your expansion, okay? And I think that we reincarnate over and over again until we clear that karma and until we get those lessons. We just keep repeating. It's just like when you talk to somebody, I have a lot of uh, patients that come to me because they keep repeating the same behavior. Oh, they need to. Keep repeating the same thing, okay? And the same things keep happening to them. That's because they're not looking at it from the perspective of spirit. They're looking at it from the perspective of survival and protection mm-hmm. instead of learning the lesson. Okay. So when I, when I received that communication, it was kind of hard for me. I had to sit with it for a little bit, right? Because I've been on a spiritual path since I was 14. And here's spirit coming in and telling me that I haven't forgiven people. I've only forgiven them on an ego level, right? And I'm like, what are they talking about? So there's a meditation that we do. Um, it's from the Heart Math Institute. It's called, it's called the Heart Locking. And it puts you into your heart space, which is where everything occurs. All, everything happens in your heart space. Your head is just, your brain is just your logical response. Your heart is truly who you are. Okay. So I had to go into my heart space for a bit. And then I shared that with the Grotto group, and that's when we started Forgiveness Workshop. And we met weekly for two hours every week for almost two years. Almost two years, me and these nine women. 
So what would happen is we'd get together and we have, and I'm going to share with you the forgiveness formula and stuff, but Mm -hmm. what happened was they were getting activated by all kinds of things during the week when we were not together. So they would bring that to the meeting. We would talk about it. And instead of coming from anger and from vengeance like you're talking about, we would look at what is it that's occurring here? What is this person doing for you? So what spirit means by that is every opportunity, everything that happens, it's for you to regain who you are. Okay, so it's basically, are you going to stay as a victim or are you going to take full responsibility for your life and everything that you are creating? Because, quite frankly, this is hard for people to get and accept. We create everything. Everything that happens, we create. So if we're doing that, is there really anything or anybody we have to forgive? If we manifest, what we need to learn, and the people come forward to teach that to us, whatever it is we need to learn from that person, how could we have to forgive anything? So that's part of what Spirit was showing us. And that's, I can tell by your face, that's a <laughs> it's a difficult concept, right? It, it, it's, I have a tough time getting me. Like, like first, like, like you mentioned, like, like it's my ego that, that holds on to this stuff. Yes. I tend to look at it as my divine masculine, you know, <laughs> the part of me that's just supposed to fight and reproduce. Okay, well, okay, all right, but that's that's in the you're talking about something that you feel is in the core of your DNA, right? Yeah, that's genetic as a male. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, what if you were told that 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 those things and that response and the core of that DNA was put there to stop you from awakening into the powerful being that you really are. Then what would you think? Uh, my next question would be like, why? Why do that <laughs> to me? Why make me go through all this? Why not just make me the right way first? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> that's why I kind of confused. It's like, if I'm going to build something, I'm going to build it the right way first. I'm not going to build it all twisted up and messed up and then had to go back and fix it. Yeah, but so, what if what if is spirit before you took physical form, and we're gonna talk about this too, you agree, agreed to all of this and this is what you wanted to do. You wanted to come down here, you wanted to learn the lessons, you wanted to experience duality, and the only planet where that occurs is planet Earth. I think I got tricked. You got tricked into coming down? Oh, yeah. They they, they, they bribed me with uh, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And they didn't tell me about the rest. It's probably very true, okay? (laughs) Because sometimes I'll stand in the middle of my office and I'll be like, what the hell was I thinking? (laughs) What was I thinking, you know? But, no, I get that. I understand that completely, you know? So, you know, what was shown to me immediately was the impact. This is something that's super interesting that you'll find find intriguing, too, is pre-birth planning. Pre-birth planning, okay? So before you come here, you have a soul group. We all have a soul group. And no matter what incarnation you're in, it's that same soul group that's with you. Your ascended masters are there. Your archangels are there. 
in every lifetime, members of your soul group may they may be in different roles. Okay, one one lifetime a man may be your father, next lifetime he may be your best friend, etc. So mm -hmm. here you are before you take physical form and you're creating a blueprint and you're asking your soul group individually, hey, you know what? This is what I need you to do when we get down there. Would you do this for me? This is a lesson that I want to learn. Now, a lot of heinous things happen to people. I mean, like really awful stuff, here, right? And you got to ask yourself, why would anybody ask for that? You exactly. wonder about it. Yeah. You know, it's one of the questions that, that, that is pretty pervasive in spiritual life is, you know, why would somebody ask for AIDS? Why would somebody ask for cancer, right? When they came here. But when you think about this, when you ask, you know, when you ask a particular spirit, I need you to be my father in this lifetime because we pick our parents, believe it or not. I need you to be my father in this lifetime and I need you to treat me like crap so that I can learn my, my independence and my strength and my self-love and my self-forgiveness. Now, I want you to think about what those people who love you, those spirit beings before you come here, the level of love that they have to have for you to do something that's so painful is, is tremendous. Okay, that's what people need to understand. So that person will come here, will agree to treat you in that way. And in essence, they're pretty much going to delay their own lessons and the release of their own karma in this lifetime so they can assist you with what you ask them to do. What do you think of that one? <laughs> so I, I've given this some thought, you know, about the whole life being you know the soul family and life being about learning lessons and um the example i'll give is like um like if i get a new job my job wants me to learn a whole bunch of new stuff they just show me a video yeah it's a whole lot easier than have to actually do it <laughs> listen to me you're not this isn't supposed to be easy okay <laughs> If it was easy, we'd all be living in Nirvana, and then I'd be talking to you, and you'd tell me you were bored, okay? No, I wouldn't be bored. I'd be, like, happy in Nirvana. <laughs> you could choose that. You could choose that without having the rest of the planet be in Nirvana. You could choose to be happy every day, right? That's a choice. I'm working on that. There you go. See? <laughs> now, here, listen. I got guided, when we started this whole thing, I got guided to two books by Robert Schwartz, and they're called uh, Your Soul's Gift and Your Soul's Plan, okay? Now, this guy, along with people in the back of the book, there are actually spiritual people like myself that can connect to your, your birth planning, your pre-birth planning meeting. They can connect to it. And tell you what's going on and what you decided you wanted to do before you got here. Okay? Mm -hmm. So these books are amazing. They talk about, they have uh, people that share their personal stories about finding out why they chose to have cancer, why they chose to have AIDS. What were the lessons? What has come out of that for them? Who has assisted them along this journey? 
So these books are pretty tough for a lot of people to read because there's even stuff that he hesitated to write about incest in his book. He did not want to, but he was guided through through spirit and, and through prayer that so many people have experienced that, that he needed to address that issue. Okay? Oftentimes, one of your soul group, particularly with incest, one of your soul group will agree to intercede, and sometimes they decide not to once they get here, which changes the course of a lot of things. Okay? So you talk about somebody who has to deeply forgive, right? Mm -hmm. So consider this. See if you agree with me. We reincarnate to clear negative thought forms, beliefs, and patterns, and to heal. And we learn through opposites because we chose Earth because it's a planet of duality. This is where everything is opposite, right? Love. Mm -hmm. We don't know love unless we know hate. We don't know black unless we know we know white. That's the thing about Earth. That's why most of us came here, because it's an opportunity to experience duality. Okay? We come from a place of perfection. So we came down here to experience non-perfection. And ultimately, we spend our entire lifetime working towards creating this planet in our lives into what it felt like to be home before we came here. What do you think of that? It's still tough for me to swallow. You know, I find it hard to believe that the only way to learn this stuff is to actually have to live through it all. It's like they don't have YouTube in the fifth dimension. Well, fifth dimension's different, right? All those lessons and all that pain and everything that people have experienced and those that are still stuck in the 3D right now, mm -hmm. right? They're choosing that. Do all those lessons and all that pain occur in 5D and above? I don't think so. I think this is where the planet is ascending. I think this is where we're all developing our abilities and our frequency is accelerating and we're getting to the place of that light and that joy and that happiness, which is inherent and it's your birthright. It's your birthright to be like that. Okay? Think about it. There's a lot of people that are committed to staying in that third dimension ego density, they're choosing that. And I often look at people and it's like, I wonder why they would choose that. What would be the reason for staying in that density? I don't know. I don't understand. But that's what they're choosing. Mm -hmm. Choosing that. And you can see that all over the United States. The separation of people in this country over the issues that are going on is all 3D ego-based. Yeah, okay? yeah, I can understand that. Because we can all have our opinion. This is a democracy. Allow people to vax or not vax. Allow people to, to express about politics and not agree with you. It doesn't matter. This is supposed to be a democracy. But look at what's being perpetrated here is an intentional, intentional separation of people. Because truly, if we were not separated, think about how powerful we would be, right? If we were all for one and one for all, like three musketeers, think about how what an amazing planet this would be. It would be awesome. Well, I think we're working towards It would be that. like one giant keg party. That's right. And I think we're working towards that. I hope but so. you're gonna have you need to have people that are committed to not doing that. 
There's people mm-hmm. that want to fight. They want to fight. Right. They want to be right. Right. So we take all those people. We duct tape them. We duct tape their mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. Like it's a hardcore duct tape. <laughs> Put them somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know where we're going to put them, but, you know. <laughs> Listen, I'm sure you've had people on your show talking to you about the Great Awakening that's uh, been happening. At least at least once or twice a week. Yeah. No? Yeah. We're all and, awake. And, and I, do, I do believe it, you know. I'm just in a little bit of a cranky mood today, I think. <laughs> what? You're in a cranky mood today? Yeah, I had a rough day. <laughs> you, know, you know, I'll tell you what happened to me today. Okay. All right. I, I was going to sh- take a shower and shave this morning, but I needed shaving cream. So I had like one of these big packs of shaving cream that I bought like at BJ's and I couldn't get it open, you know, and I was biting on the plastic and I cut my lip Oh. and, and I got mad. So I took this package of shaving cream into the kitchen and grabbed a knife and I was going to open it with a knife. So I stabbed it with a knife. I accidentally stabbed through the can. And it's just shaving cream all over my kitchen now. So, yeah. I'm trying, to, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out my higher purpose of that incident. The higher purpose of that incident was for you to be responsible for the energy you're producing and your vibrational frequency. Because it was your upset, your anger, and your madness that had that whole thing continue to perpetuate itself. Mm. Instead of just being peaceful and saying, all right, let me go get some scissors to open this. Yeah. yeah. Right? I, I guess. And then I came home from work. Because- like I didn't realize that it was actually all over the ceiling, too. <laughs> I come home from work, and I'm like, I didn't even think to look at the ceiling. <laughs> Can't you laugh about it, though? Come on. It is pretty funny. That, that yeah, was, it's funny. That, that I was able to pull that off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I really, guess... if, you, if you tried to do that on purpose, you couldn't do it. Okay? No. <laughs> Maybe Spirit just wanted you to laugh. Maybe they didn't want you to be so intense about some stupid shave cream, and they wanted to get you to laugh. <laughs> yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Because we take things much too seriously. Right. You know that. Yeah. We do. We do. We do. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's kind of funny. <laughs> it is funny. Now that I've talked about it, I feel better. Now I feel a huge weight lifted off my shoulders. Good. Okay, so, what else happened? Whew, was that, that it? That was it for today, yeah. Oh, come on. That's it? And you're going to allow that to spoil your day? Come on. Seriously? Yeah. Some inanimate object of shave cream, and you're going you're going to allow it to ruin your day for real? For real. Wow. Okay. You never well, had you that. I'll tell you, I, I need help. <laughs> I, I I need your help <laughs> to figure this plan out. <laughs> I got. Oh I got, my god! You gotta That's help funny. me. You gotta help me change the trajectory of my life. <laughs> I think so. Oh my goodness. And you, you with Buddha behind you on your poster. What? Come on. I know, right? I'm like okay, hip- you think Buddha? I'm like Would he have hypocrite. that reaction to shave cream? Come on. No, he would just make it evaporate. <laughs> he would just be like, 
shaving cream is not real. It does not exist. <laughs> it would be gone. It's all in the mind. <laughs> and, in your, and on your ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> You may have to tell him it might not be here, but it's on my ceiling. Okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I get it. So, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. We're responsible for creating everything in our life. Okay. okay. So, you can either take responsibility and be a, be a co-creator with spirit, or you can be a victim. That's your two choices. You so get that, right? Was, yeah, this morning, obviously, You're I was a victim. You're a victim of your shave cream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was oh, in the victim mode. Yeah, I mean, come on, think about it. I know, I get it. I get aggravated too, and that's when I have to really step back and go, "What the hell's wrong with me? Something else is bothering me that I'm getting this agitated." You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And and believe me, you and I both know there's a lot of stuff out there in the world that can that can make us feel agitated all day long. I mean, let's be honest. Did I think, you know, two years after talking to you or a year and a half after talking to you, we'd be in the same position we were in when I first talked to you? No. No. (laughs) This is asinine, and I don't even want to go there. I don't want to have that conversation. That's a whole nother ball of wax that you'd probably be floored by my opinion. Well, my whole life has changed since the last time we talked, too. For the better or the worse? Uh... I, I, I'm still waiting to try to find, figure that one out. But I, I got divorced, okay. I moved. So, yeah. Wow. That is a lot. <laughs> that is a lot. And, and, then, you, and then I had trouble with shaving cream. Yeah, well, you know what? You might consider something. The shaving cream may be an underlying unwillingness to forgive what's happened and that there is an underlying anger there. I think you're right. In fact, I know you're right. Because it's just shaved cream. I know. I know the whole thing was silly. But it happened. It did happen. See, when we don't, here's the thing. When we don't forgive and we hang on to stuff, you're going to keep getting triggered by little things like shaved cream until you address what's really underneath there and forgive what's happened. Okay? Mm Mm-hmm. Because we'll keep getting triggered. This is what happens. We keep getting triggered, even by the most minor thing. There's something underneath it that's the core of what we are getting triggered by. Okay? So it's like people get triggered constantly and they have repetitive behavior because, and don't laugh, but this is so true, your inner child is in control. Your inner child is screaming and having a hissy fit. And unless you address and go back to, you know, where does this originally originate? Well, most of us as children, we're pretty powerless, right? I mean, most kids are powerless. Yeah. A lot of things happen to children, right? So there's mm-hmm. a lot of anger that you can come out of your childhood with. Oh, and yeah. unless it gets resolved, and unless you forgive the things that have happened, you're just going to keep repeating similar types of situations that are going to trigger those same emotions. Okay. So, oh. so this makes sense to me. And, and this I, is actually something I've been focusing on because I thought I dealt with this stuff 20, 30 years ago. Like 30 years ago in therapy, I said, oh, yeah, 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 I see. I was neglected as a child. So that makes me feel this way. And this makes me angry because of that. I'm aware of it. I should be good. 
And here I am, 30 years later, still doing the same crap. Oh, that's pretty common. I mean, <laughs> even me. I've been working on my crap since I was 14 and I'm 63, okay? It floors me that I still get triggered by stuff, and I say the same thing you did. I thought I dealt with this crap 20 years ago, and here it is again. Okay, well, maybe you might consider this is what my book is about. Mm. Maybe you forgave from ego or you thought you handled it from ego because usually what we'll do is we'll either say, eh, you know, whatever, it's their fault and I got to push this down and move through my life. and I got to move on and it's really not forgiving. And, really I, think not and I think you're absolutely correct. That's how we survive. Yeah. We push it down or we distract ourselves. And we don't really get to the core of the matter. Mm-hmm. Okay? So that's from ego. So this is why I'm so in love with this book. And, and it was channeled. And it's it's because it is getting down to a whole different perspective. When someone has done something for you to really look at, you know, like if you look at yourself or you look at the choices that you've made and you really look, what have I done for myself? You know, what lessons have I taught myself? Everybody that's come in that has done very deeply hurtful things, when you look at what has this person done for me, what I'm asking you to look at is what is it with the time frame that in your life that you had with this person what did they teach you? What have they done for you that has you be who you are today? Okay? Because everybody that comes across our lifetime leaves a mark. So it's like, okay, what does this relationship, what did it really do for me? You know, I mean, my mom, she's she's been gone for almost seven years, and she was the strongest. She's Polish, okay? She's only first generation Polish-American. Mm-hmm. Strong, strong woman. I mean, but she wouldn't address the deep pain in her heart. And what did she do? She had heart disease from the time she was 58 years old. Because that generation taught you and me that you shove that crap down and you just move forward, keep pushing through it, and it's all about survival. Okay? They never talked about their feelings. They never talked about things that happened in their lives. They just wouldn't share that crap. And we're talking about a generation that went through World War One, World War Two. Okay? Mm-hmm. They never dealt with it. So we got taught by those people. That was how you deal with this. Shove it down and move on. Put your big britches on. Stop crying. You know, my mom. What are you crying about? I'm like, I, I'm, you know, and here I am, total opposite of her. And of course, I chose her as my mother because she's the one that brought all this out in me because we were constantly butting heads. So she was the perfect mother for me because she made me ask, why is she like this? I don't want to be like this. And I really had to look at her pain. I had to look at her as a human being, and that is my mother, just another woman. And it totally changed my perspective. See, so we've been conditioned and we've been programmed to deal with pain a certain way. That's not the healthy way to deal with it. It's not. 
you know, now we're in a generation where we're, we're seeking, you know, how do I heal? What do I do? How do I release trapped emotions? How do I, you know, and that's what I specialize in with people. Um, thank God we're awakening to that. Or we'd just be, might as well just stay in a caveman age, you know, just grunting and grunting along, you know? I mean, are we going to evolve or are we not? Are we going to stay in this planet? We can't because ultimately we're going to destroy each other and we're going to destroy this planet. Unless we evolve past this garbage. And again, it's the ego and the separation of human beings. We're not separate. We're all in this together. You know? But the powers that be are very clear that if they instill fear, it causes separation. Right? Mm -hmm. So that's another thing I'm trying to help people forgive what has been going on in this country. Imagine that one. Me trying to explain to them that these things are being done for them, not to them, so that they can see a different perspective about what's available inside of everything that's going on here for them to evolve. Sometimes that's hard to that's hard to look at. That's hard to accept with what's happening here, right? True. Especially people that you know have lost lost loved ones and they couldn't be in a nursing home with somebody when they were suffering, or they couldn't be in the hospital when they lost somebody through all this. Yes, that's going on here. Pretty hard to forgive that, right? Mm -hmm. Pretty rough. So people are going through a lot of stuff. So, you know, when you look at that, when you look at your shave cream, <laughs> two different things and a lot, you know, nothing to really be that angry about with your shave cream. <laughs> True. <laughs> so there's something you, like you said, and you're aware of it, there's something underneath there. You know there. Yeah, I know. So anyway, okay, so you can be responsible or you can be a victim. So we pick our parents, and then we were talking about this. We might re make requests of our soul group in our, our pre-birth planning, okay? Ask them for very difficult things. They agreed uh, out of their love for us. Unplanned challenges can occur when we are willful, ignore our intuition to avoid danger, and we proceed. Think about that one. Think about how many times, because I know in my life there was a lot, that I willfully made a choice that I knew damn well I shouldn't make. And most of the time, it was because it was opposite of what my mother wanted me to do. So instead of just really being in touch with what was best for me, and a human being does this, we do things very willfully. You tell us no, we're going to go in the other direction and do it anyway, because we're willful. That would be me. And oftentimes, yeah, oftentimes our intuition will tell us, don't do that, or we'll get red flags about stuff. Don't go there. And we don't listen. And then we end up getting hurt, and then we're angry. Well, we just made that a willful decision ourselves. What the hell are we angry about? We did that. But then people that are coming from ego are always looking outside of themselves to blame people, places, or things for why their life looks like this. Right? Right. Not why. We're all active participants in what's going on. It ain't happening without us. We're active participants. Hmm. We did it. That's where your power comes in. That's where you get your power back. I did it? Hmm. But I don't remember it. What? Being an active participant in your life? I hope no. you remember that. No, I just don't. 
I mean, I guess I'm an active participant in my life. I don't know. Well, you didn't get married by yourself. <clears throat> no. There was an agreement between two people, right? Again, I got tricked into it. Oh, come on. Take responsibility. You'll feel you'll feel better if you take responsibility. All right. I guess I should have followed my intuition more than. Yeah. You were probably shown signs and red flags about not getting married, and you did it anyway. But you think you were tricked into doing that. And I, I get that. Mm-hmm. I get that. Because depending on who you're with, they can be extremely manipulative and make you think that there's something that they're not. So I get that, right? Yeah, that's what happened. I get that. But if you really thought about it, you'd probably tell me you had plenty of signs that you shouldn't have done it. But you did it anyway. In hindsight, I see that, yeah. But it's always so ap- it's always afterwards. It's always when it's too late. Well, yeah, of course. Of course. Because ultimately, if we had self-love and we had self-respect and self-forgiveness in place when we met this person, we wouldn't have been manipulated into being with the person to begin with. See, human being is always looking outside of themselves for completion. We're perfect, whole, and complete all by ourselves without mm-hmm. nothing. We are always looking outside of ourselves for something. It's all in here. It's not out there. Okay? So very often, people will get involved in relationships with people they just don't belong with because they're looking to fill a void within themselves, instead of loving themselves and healing and working on their crap, they're thinking somebody outside of themselves is going to provide that for them. That's very common, very common, okay? And then the other person, if they're manipulative and controlling, very easy to manipulate somebody that's looking for filling up that void, you know? You just act like you're you're the sun and the moon and you're fabulous and how wonderful you are and you know and then you marry the person and it's like Jesus Christ it's like Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde what the hell happened to the person I was dating? What? Hmm. So I'm not the only person this has happened to. Oh God no! This is so common. So how do so, I get? So how do I get there? How do I get to love myself so I don't keep doing the same stuff over again? Buy my book. <laughs> and do the work in my book. <laughs> that's what that's all about is is taking back your power, self love, self respect, and forgiving yourself for the choices that you've made. Because once we start to release and heal all of that, you will not be looking outside of yourself any longer to fill that void. You're going to fill it yourself. So, are you saying that I kind of created a cycle for myself where? I do something, I make the same mistake, I get mad at myself, and because I'm mad at myself and haven't forgiven myself, that causes me to keep repeating the same cycle over and over again? Correct. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Hmm. Because if you were just, if you, okay, something happens and you're not happy with yourself and the choice that you made, what you need to do is actually sit with that feeling, how you feel. Sit with it quietly with your eyes closed in your heart space and allow yourself to feel what you're feeling and embrace it. Don't, don't push it away. 
don't make yourself wrong. Just accept it and embrace it. And that's when usually it will dissolve. Hmm. Because you're loving yourself even when, when you're upset about something that you did. You're still yeah, loving yourself. I've kind of thought I've done all this stuff, though. And then, like, a week later, just all I go back to being me. <laughs> well, it doesn't happen in a week, okay? No. This is consistent work throughout a lifetime. So I have to do it more this, than once. The work never ends until they're throwing dirt on our face, my friend. That's when the work ends, okay? This shit just isn't never, fair. Never ends. It's not right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't know who to tell you to take that. Because <laughs> it just is what it is, right? Yeah, it is. So I don't know. I understand what you're saying. You know? <laughs> so we were talking about, you know, let's consider this. Unplanned challenges, bad choices, being willful. So consider that this pre-birth planning is a possibility. Consider that that's a possibility. That that's what we chose before we came here. Right? Mm-hmm. So we have free will, we create challenges. You need only ask, what if? What if I really did plan this before I was born? Why might I have done this? Why might, why, you know, just consider it. Maybe it is a possibility that I planned all this before I got here. Yeah. Okay, I, nothing's by chance. I, I've been considering this possibility since the last time I've talked to you. Huh. Everything's in divine order. It's a matter of, you know, and if everything's in divine order and we plan this and nothing's by chance, if that's the case, is there really anything to forgive? Think about that well, one. Well, then it'll be, no, it'll be no. Exactly. But that's human being willing to take responsibility for what's happened. They're part of what has occurred and what's so. People don't want to. They want to blame other people because it's easier than to look at your own stuff. It's easier to blame people, places, and things than look at your own stuff and take responsibility. But your ultimate freedom is in taking responsibility for your choices, okay? That's when you start making different choices, when you take responsibility. You have to learn boundaries. You have to learn what's acceptable and unacceptable to you and present those boundaries. That's where people falter, too, because our generation was not taught about boundaries. There were no boundaries in my household. I grew up in an alcoholic family. It was all about survival, mm-hmm. okay? So boundaries is about your, your self-love, what's acceptable for you and what's not acceptable for you, with other people in your life, with circumstances, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that's about self-love, okay? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so here's the other thing. We have cosmic connections with people meant to awaken us and those who remind us of our goals. There's those who help us grow. There's those who hold space for us. And there's those who stay. Now, that's five different classifications of people that come across your path in a lifetime. Yeah, I don't know if I can remember all that. There's those that meant to awaken us those who remind us of our goals, those who help us grow, those who hold space, and then there's those who stay a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Very rare. You get a lifetimer, really bluff. You know? Even one. Hmm. 
That's why Facebook is such a facade. Oh, I've got, I got 450,000 friends and I got 62,000 likes. I'm like, you don't even know these people. True. Yeah. Those aren't true relationships. Yeah. I mean, I've been lucky in that respect where I'm still friends with so many people that I grew up with. It's crazy. That's awesome. Wonderful. That doesn't happen very often anymore. No. You know, that's something that you need to find a great level of gratitude for. Really feel it in your heart how grateful you are that you're still connected to these people. So obviously they're here in your life for an extended period of time for a reason. You know, do they make you a better person, Gary? Do they help you grow? Do they hold space for you to be a better person? You know? Obviously, there's a good people. They've been in your life a long time. I just thought it was because I was fun to hang out with. Say that again? I thought it was because I was fun to hang out with. How to hang out? Yeah, people just like hanging out with me. I'm fun. (laughs) Well, that's important too. (laughs) Right? Yeah. That's important too. Have people to hang out. Yeah, for sure. But that's a blessing too, you know, because there's a lot of us like me in particular because of who I am. I don't have anybody close to me. Hmm. And the last time I talked to it, you, 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 you're like, can't you know what? You got to go out and figure out what fun is. Did I say that to you? Yeah. Did you do it? Still working on it. Oh, that's right. I, remember, I kind of do remember saying that to you. Because mm-hmm. you said all you do is work on stuff and help people. And I was like, yeah, I remember saying that. Yeah, that, see, that's that's kind of my perspective on things. Well, it's important. It's just like, screw it. Let's go have some fun. Important, though, because it brings balance to life. Mm-hmm. There's work and there's fun, right? Yeah. There needs to be a balance, for sure. I'm still trying to figure it out, believe it or not. Hmm. <laughs> well, I'm still trying to figure my stuff out, too. See? <laughs> See that? And I have a, I have a practice for 20-some-odd years and on my second book, and I'm still trying to figure stuff out. You see what I'm saying? I do. I do. And here I am, 400 podcast episodes in a book, and not even close to figuring it out yet. There you go. Because if you were close to figuring it out, what the hell would be the reason to stay in here? Nope, I'll go back to being dead. Which was nice, actually. I came back. You came back from being dead? I think so, yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it was nice. I, I talk about it all the time on my show. I had well, like a, I, I, Yeah, I had like a, a, a seizure for like 30 minutes. Oh. And and I was just like in his void. It was like I was in this like a center of the the galaxy kind of. And it was just so nice and peaceful. It was awesome. And I was pissed off when I woke up in the ambulance. Wow. But here's the deal. It's like I got teased. You came back. So you chose to come back here. Because that was an exit opportunity. And you chose to come back. Or I was just so sour that God just spit me out. No. <laughs> That's not it. No. We have free will. So okay. you were asked in that moment that you were experiencing the cosmic 
beauty of the universe, do you want to stay or do you want to come home? And you said, I need to go back to Earth. I'm not done. You chose it. We have three exit opportunities supposedly in our lifetimes. We can leave here. So, so, so I get two more opportunities to pull? I'm hoping not. I'm hoping that's not true. I think I've had two. Hmm. Supposedly some people have three, but... So I've only had one, so that means i got two more opportunities. Well, let me ask you, why did you... Why do you think you came back here? Why do you think you decided not to die? I was afraid of getting yelled at by my wife. <laughs> I died. Who's no longer my wife? Isn't that funny? It is. Are you being serious? Yes, I am serious. Because that's what it was like. She was like, she was yelling at me, and I heard, and I could hear her. Oh. So I was like, <laughs> I remember being there, like the center of the universe, thinking, "Oh shit, she's gonna be pissed off." <laughs> Oh my God! I can't believe you decided to stay here because of that. That's hilarious. <laughs> Talking about a mistake, <laughs> a bad decision. <laughs> wow. I don't think that's the only reason you decided to stay, though. Think about it. I don't know. Unless there was more to it that I don't remember. There's more to it. Mm -hmm. When did that happen? Mm. Almost three know. years ago now. It was like right before I started the podcast. Okay. That answered something right there. You wrote a book. You well, got a podcast. Well, the book was out before the podcast. Okay. You came back, I think, to make an impact and to make a difference, and you started a podcast. Has it grown over the years, the last three years? Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. And there you go. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see when that next second opportunity comes to where I decide. What would you do? Think about Would you come back? What? If you if you were or would getting, I do what? Would you come back? Yes. I, I have Yeah, I mean I had an exit opportunity with my first book when I had the the car accident. Mm -hmm. I had an exit opportunity back then. And I came back because I have a lot of work to do here in the creation of the new earth, and I have waited many, many lifetimes for this time period on the planet. And um, I wasn't going to come back here and start all the way to hell over again. I wanted to get back here and do what I came here to do, and also because of my son. And that for him. Hmm. So yes, I would come back. So, so if it happened again, you'd come back again too, just to, because you want to wrap it up. Basically, I yeah, I want to you, complete you my mission. You don't want to keep reincarnating and have to deal with the same shit over and over again for a million lifetimes. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think I want to do that again. No. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. You know, like I said, you know, those those of us who are light workers that are here to hold energy for the planet during this time frame and. This has been going on for aeons. We've been waiting for this time period for for many, many, many lifetimes. So for me, it's like, no, this is what I've been waiting for. And I'm getting it done this time. We're getting it done. So, no, I'd, I'd, I'd stay. 
There's times that I I question that, but I know better than that. Right. I know what an what I do makes. I I get it. You know. Yep. That's what scares me. Would you? you? Would I? I mean, if I was given the opportunity, yeah. like if they said to me, "Here's your second opportunity out of this deal, and you don't have to live another lifetime. You can just stay here in the center of the galaxy or wherever the hell I was." I would take yeah. it. But if he said to me I had to come back and keep doing this shit over again, then I'll come <laughs> back. Like like that's one of the reasons like 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 I like, like suicide wouldn't be an option for me because I think like, like yeah. I know if I did that, I would just keep get I would, it would be like Groundhog's Day. I'll just keep coming yep. back. Yeah. Exactly. So who the hell wants to do that? Only Bill Murray. Well, we're all here to heal. Ultimately, we're all here to heal all the pain of this lifetime and past lifetime. That's what this lifetime is for. So if we want to heal to finally connect to our higher self, and who we really are is our I am presence, and we do the work here, then we're not going to repeat that cycle. That's why this is such an important time for healing purposes. So we won't have to repeat that. But you got to do the work, you know? Okay. Well, let me tell you what we did, okay? Mm -hmm. So weekly, we started our session, and we did a heart space meditation. And I mentioned this is like a heart lock-in from the Heart Math Institute. And they've been around since like the 80s. They're an amazing bunch of scientists. So we were guided to open our heart space, and we did a meditation with the higher heart activation, because your higher heart is actually what needs to be accessed for forgiveness and it's between your heart chakra and your throat chakra and we did some tapping it's like in your thymus area of your body that activates forgiveness so we did a higher heart activation we did our heart meditation before every meeting that we had okay so when you do this and you activate you tap that thymus area what happens is you're following your heart's promptings and it brings you into greater mental and emotional alignment with your true self and your higher self, like we were talking about. Further away from ego-based decisions. Mm -hmm. okay? So what we did after that is they created, everybody created a list of people who they needed to forgive. And I told them, go all the way back to grade school if you have to. I don't care how far you go back. If somebody traumatized you when you were in first grade, then write it down, right? I had some people who had lists of 60 people. I have some that had 150 or more people on their list. You talk about holding on to crap. 150 people? Wow. Imagine what that feels like. I don't even think I can remember 150 names. That's what I mean. 150 people. They remembered their names. They remember what happened. I'm lucky if I could remember 10. I know. <laughs> I know. So, so here's the biggest and most important part of the whole list. I asked everybody, so where are you on the list? Okay, half of us didn't even have ourselves on the list at all. Okay? Right. And then some of us had ourselves on the top of the list because really yourself should be the first person on that list. You're the most important person on that list. Yeah, no, giving, nobody's been worse to me than me. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. 
imagine? Nobody even thought to put themselves on the list. No, I can imagine it, yeah. That's social conditioning, though. You don't get to be, forgive yourself. You don't get to... No, that's all social conditioning and program. So, <laughs> without self-love, without self-forgiveness, you can't truly love and forgive anyone else. So the choice is, like I said, victim versus empowerment or ego versus your higher self. It's that simple. So ego forgiveness, again, about survival and protection, blaming others, outside factors, victimization, causes separation. Okay. So then we took each person on their list. And what we did is applied the forgiveness formula to each person. So instead of asking what someone has done to you, ask what they have done for you. And they had to write out a letter. Really think about whatever this person was in their life, even when it was painful, how has it made them into the people they are today? In a positive way, not in a negative way. The negative way is the egotistical way. So they would write letters to people. And the first one is writing a letter to themselves about forgiving the choices that they've made throughout their lives. But then you get to look at all your choices, and when you write in a letter to yourself, you're like, oh, that's why I chose what I chose. Oh, back then, that's where I was in my development. I wasn't evolving at that time. And you get to really see the progression of your evolvement as a human being based on all these things that have occurred and all these things that need to be forgiven, then you see how it's created who you are. And if it hasn't helped you, then you know damn well, you better start to look at it differently and release the stuff. Because everything is for your greatest good. Everything that occurs is for your greatest good. Acceptance, surrender. Right? All in divine order. I keep that in the back of your mind. Right? Mm -hmm. So they did that. Then they asked the question, did these people do their jobs well? What did they teach me? What was the lesson that I learned from this person? It totally changes your perspective on a situation, even on a relationship. Because you really got to look at it. You got to look at it. And if even if you look at your relationship with your ex-wife, you'll see it. You'll see it. You'll see what you learned. You learned. You learned a lot. You learned no, I, a lot, and I did. I'll, I agree with you there. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Who you were when you married her and who you are now are two totally different people. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you might consider that she had a hand in perpetuating that. She did. For good and for bad. Things that you might have considered bad were done so that you could evolve past that point. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So instead of, you know, people, when people really look at things this way, the vengefulness goes away. Right. You have just this feeling in your heart that's like, wow, okay, I see that now. You know, and, and again, Spirit said to me, overcome your human response of judgment, blame, and self-righteousness and embrace with unconditional love and gratitude all that's been provided for you. That's a totally different perspective. Right. That's that's victim versus empowerment. If everybody responded that way, 
it would completely yes. change the entire human drama in the way it plays exactly. out. Because, exactly. you know, not much is, I mean, really, real life really does sort of just play out like those old kung fu movies from the 1970s where everything <laughs> was about revenge. And it really hasn't changed that much. <laughs> That's funny. You make me want to watch an old kung fu movie from the 1970s to see where, where you're putting this together. I used to love those when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, every one of them had like the same plot. It was always about revenge, you know. There's always a moral to the story, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, truly. You know, part of my mission here is to, to change humanity. I'll be honest with you. It's like, and this is one of the biggest factors is forgiveness. That makes a lot of sense. You know, I, a lot of times, like, when I think about, like, you know, like, even, like, like the story of Jesus, you know. Yep. Like, I, Imagine I, that. To, to me, I just think about forgiveness. I, I mean, I, I don't care about the Son of God stuff. I mean, I think he was just trying to tell people to let shit go, like, forgive. He was. You know, I, I don't think all the other stuff was really that important. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. Most of that stuff he didn't stay, say anyway. He was all about love. Yeah, and, and forgiveness, and, and I think he was trying to make that point. Yep. You know, I, and I think that's yep. what, you know. I, I just think that was the whole point of the whole story was, was forgiveness, and it's just been, I don't know, used incorrectly. We changed it to, um, I don't know. I agree. Whatever, make oh. use this like something political, I guess. Think about think about the level uh, because I challenge you this too. Think about the level of sometimes when I get agitated, he says to me, "Okay, do you think you can let this go and forgive this?" Considering, uh, you remember when I was hanging on the cross and I said, "Forgive them, Father; they know not what they do." He's like, "Do you think that you endure anything in this lifetime as as heinously?" As that was for me, that you cannot forget. Of course not. Here's somebody hanging on a cross. Yeah, yeah. Crucifixion, crucifixion sucks. Well, I think so. <laughs> you know, and we 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 get involved in petty, vengeful crap that that in essence harms us in the long run. And when you look at what he had to forgive, our stuff is like. Are you kidding me right now? Come on. Let it go. You know? Because <laughs> if we could all let it go, it's like you said, things would be so different here. There would never be war here either. Yeah. War is all ego-based. All ego-based. And greed. Yep, and revenge. Okay. Why human beings can't sit down at a table, even now, with all of our differences and have adult conversations about how can we heal this planet? How can we heal this situation? Like grown adults stymies me. Why me is that so hard to do? Yeah, exactly. Like if I can forgive that can of shaving cream. Yeah, there you go. See, <laughs> <laughs> we should be able to forgive each other for wars. <laughs> <laughs> you think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fun. Okay, so basically the work encompassed writing letters to themselves, 
And then we took the, the top five people on their list. And then when we met weekly, we also discussed lessons that were occurring in the present moment and we worked through them. Okay. So we'd be working on our lists and trust me, at least two of those women would come in with something that happened with a family member or they were activated or triggered by somebody's lack of respect for them. And then we had to look at it, address it, forgive it and reframe the whole thing and teach them boundaries and what's acceptable and unacceptable and then forgive. So this went on for two years, mm -hmm. two years, every Sunday. Okay. I remember when spirit came to me and they said, you know, you really need to write this book. I'm like, what's this book about? They're like forgiveness workshop. What are you thinking? I mean, you did that for two years. So a lot of the book, the thing that's cool about it, even though it's a little book, this is the other thing that's cool about my books is nobody gets to the point where this is too much and they put it down and they don't finish it because this book is only 86 pages and there's a workbook in the back of it. They can do their work right out of the book. That's good. The instruction. Okay. Mm -hmm. The other thing is I shared a ton of people's stories in there which is really cool. What happened when they were in workshop? What did they end up getting, you know, getting a handle on? What did they end up forgiving? How are things changed for them? And I'm like, wow, this is really awesome. So I never even thought about making this book. And then of course it was requested of me from spirit. They're like, no, this needs to be a book. This is extremely important work. So, you know, again, I'm, I'm, so when people are working through this book, is this something that they do by themselves? Are they recommended to do it through a group? Or is there any type of online group, too, that they can do it with? Well, here's the thing that I'm working on, too. I am working on recording videos and making this an online workshop, okay? I'm going to be working on that this week as a matter of fact, so that people can cool. purchase the workshop, do the videos, get the book. And then with the purchase of that, they would have so many counseling sessions with me. Like so many phone calls would be included in the package. Mm -hmm. Okay. I do this in person with people. I do workshops in person with people. I do uh, weekend forgiveness seminars with people. I do one person. I'll do a whole damn family if they need it at one time. I'll do it on Zoom. I'll do it over the phone. Whatever somebody needs, not a problem for me. You know? I think it's awesome. And I love it. So, cool. yeah, I am doing that. I'm putting together an online course so that people can have access. They'll have the videos, and then they're going to have me explaining everything. But I think the most important part of it is, um, as they work through the book, is getting the support to get past uh, what we were laughing about when you first started talking. The vengefulness that I want, the, you know, to help people get over that hump. It's a tough block to get past. That's why I think when I create the coursework online that that has to come with a certain number of calls with me so that I can help them pass those points. Yeah. You know? I mean, at least for me, that's where I always get stuck. Because, I don't know, it makes you feel in control and powerful to be angry and want to inflict revenge on somebody. Think about that. What power does that give you? 
Does it really give you power? Or is that an illusion? I, I, I'm sure it's an illusion. I think it's just a chemical reaction in my brain of getting yeah. angry. When you get angry, like all those endorphins and shit start flowing and gives you like a little bit of a high. And <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I guess. It's like it's like, drink, it's like drinking too much coffee. Yeah. Okay. But don't you think that happiness and joy feels better than being angry and vengeful? Oh, I'm sure it does. Because I think ultimately we're here to pursue happiness and joy because it really is naturally who we are. But our experience and our programming and our, our life choices are have, a, have us be where we're at today. Yeah. And I agree with you 100%. It's just taken me a long time to accept that. Sure it does. Take a whole person a whole lifetime. If you're willing to look at it, you're more advanced than most people because people will go a whole lifetime and refuse to look at it. So, so, so 50 years isn't too bad? No. Right. Some people are so committed to being right that they'll end up manifesting cancer because they're so committed to being right. Yeah, see, I don't care Instead if I'm of, right about anything. But think about it. When there's arguments and there's disagreements... People can't come to the table most of the time because somebody's committed to that they're right and you're wrong. Mm -hmm. This is a problem. But sometimes people just get mad at me because I don't care. Well, I think that's if a good I'm place right to be. Wrong. <laughs> what do you mean you don't care? You know, that means you just don't care about anything. You know, it's, <laughs> it's just not worth it. And then you say it's not worth it. And you're like, well, if it's not worth it, does that mean I'm not worth it? You know how the whole thing is, you know, bent out of oh. proportion. I actually think neutrality is pretty healthy. I do, too. I do, too. But you can be passionate about something. But not everybody you know? sees it that way. If everybody saw it that way, we'd be in a much better situation right now. You know, it's the honoring of somebody else's opinion. It's the honoring of somebody else's life experience. Nobody's right and nobody's wrong. It's just what's so for each person. Yeah, exactly. Why so, can't we sit down and talk about it? Yeah. Everybody should be allowed to have their own experience. Correct. I mean, that's what we're people here for. People make choices. Yeah. They make, people make choices based on their life experience, right? Yeah. It's all you know. Exactly. But if you get in a room with somebody that has a different life experience, it gives you an opportunity to learn things, mm -hmm. a different perspective. So it should make the it should be it makes things more interesting. It shouldn't be causing all this conflict. Of course, exactly. Okay, so what I'm telling you is the conflict is rooted in ego. Hmm. It's rooted in ego. They're not willing to let go of being right. right. So they're so, not even open to seeing all options and different perspectives. Which is very sad in this country because this is a democracy, which means you're allowed to have your opinions and live your life freely the way you see to live your life. Yeah. F you. Right? Scary. Mm -hmm. I don't know why we can't just all be like, hey, you know what? If you want to do that, go ahead and do that. That yeah. doesn't mean I have to do it. That's cool. Like, I, I had a situation yesterday where I was, I was driving somebody around. I was driving, giving somebody a ride to work. And it had snowed here, and we got behind. A, I was behind a car that had a bunch of snow on it. And he's like, 
oh, there's snow on top of that car. It's illegal. And I said, it's a free country, man. You shouldn't have to wipe all snow off your car. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's like, well, what if it hits and you die and this and that? And I said, what are you going to do? Sometimes you die. <laughs> it still doesn't wow. change the fact that this is a free country. You're was supposed to be originally. Yeah. Yeah. But again, judgment. Judgment is ego. Mm-hmm. So you're going to judge somebody because there's a bunch of snow on the car. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Like, what if it's just an old person I mean, that's going to get it off, you know? Exactly. Exactly. We don't know everybody's circumstances. We don't know. But that judgment is is a knee-jerk reaction to to fear-based emotion. Because mm-hmm, you want to feel safe. Everything is freaking fear-based. That's why you're judging. Because if we knew people's circumstances, it'd be a much different situation. Most of the time, something occurs or looks the way it does because there's an issue for that person. Mm-hmm. Well, if we found out, then we could maybe offer to help that person. That might be a good idea. So it's no longer an issue? Right. That's the way this country used to be in the 40s and the 50s. I mean, look mm-hmm. at the effort they had to put together during World War II, what we had to do here as a country. Come on, people. I mean, have we just had it too easy here for too long that is, this has just perpetrated everything about our society? I think it's the media. Oh, it's the media, all right. I think the media is behind all this crap. Yep. And it's also it's also um, Facebook. Yeah. And, you know, people not understanding. Our young people, even in their 30s and their 40s, that's not relationship. That's not, you know, it, it doesn't create, you know, a lot of the kids in their 20s and 30s are having trouble having any type. They're uncomfortable socially. They have no social skills because they've been scrolling their whole damn lives and they don't know how to be be with people and have conversation. And that's part of, I think, our problem here, too. It is. People don't converse. People would rather listen to other people converse than actually converse themselves, which is kind of strange. Weird. (laughs) <laughs> and then they just they they believe anything you feed them, and it's like what what who are you listening to, and why are you believing anything that you withhold without questioning it? And here you have the opportunity. You've got the internet, and you could dig so deep and go down a rabbit hole so damn far that you would get down to the truth if you did the damn work to find out something that you're passionate about. You got the easiest thing in, right in front of you, and you're just scrolling to figure out what's going on with the Kardashians. Are you kidding me right now? Come on, people. Come on. You know, and is that all just a matter of denial and a matter of distraction? Is that what's going on? I don't know. Yeah, that's what it is. That yeah, I think there's a lot of that here. A lot of distraction there, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. As long as you can keep people distracted and afraid, you can do whatever you want. Oh, for sure. What they're doing now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
You know, I don't know how long it's been going on, but, you know, the the United States is one big Hollywood movie illusion, man. Yeah. They feed us what they want us to believe. Mm-hmm. And then they do what they do in the background without us knowing about it. Yeah. Well, it's all coming to the surface now. So. Oh, yeah, I think, that, yeah, this probably is the end of it this lifetime. Next 20 years. Yep. It is. It's changed a lot. A lot of things have to change here. This is not self-sustaining. No. We have to change. Uh, yeah, that's why I like podcasting. It gives people a different point of view. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Even if I have guests I don't agree with, I'll let them tell their opinion. I mean, when you have somebody that you don't agree with, do you get in an argument or you just let them? I let them. I, I, I get curious. Really, I, I kind of approach from a curious point of view. But you don't fight with somebody. You might ask some inquisitive questions and try and understand how they got to that perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah. See, that's interesting to me. Yeah, me too. And plus, I don't really care. (laughs) You know? Like, (laughs) their opinion is not going to affect me. So it's just a curiosity more than anything else. That's why I told you where you where you come from of neutrality is actually a healthy thing. You said something really important. What they think isn't going to affect me. No. If people people understood that, they would allow whatever someone is thinking to be okay. Mm-hmm. They are allowing what somebody's thinking to create all this emotion in them and judgment and defensiveness. And that person really doesn't have the power to do that. You're giving away your power when you allow somebody to do that. Yeah. They don't have that power. They're just sharing their perspective. So why why be so reactionary about it? So when you said you're neutral, that's actually a healthy place to come from. It really is. And it's, for me, it's the only thing that really makes sense. Any other way doesn't make sense. Yeah. I don't know. That's why I said that I wonder, like, why, why are people get so uptight? I just don't get it. I don't know. It doesn't matter, you know? It just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. When it, when push comes to shove, it doesn't matter. Like I I had I did have one guy on my show who who literally yelled at me for like a half hour. What? Yeah, because you were you started talking about politics, you talked about voting, and I said, "Well, well, I don't like to vote because I want to be friends with everybody." You know? And, yeah. and I don't. Plus, it doesn't make sense to me to vote anyway because no matter who I vote for, exactly, they're going to take my money and tell me what to do. So, yep. why do I care? Exactly. <laughs> and this dude flipped out on me. He told me like uh, I was the reason causing the problem and all this stuff. And he went on for like a half hour. He, he threatened to the bail on the show, which I mean I didn't care if he did or didn't, but but I just let him rant. <laughs> Wow. That was like when I first started, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. How, did you have backup material ready in case he bailed? No, no, no. I mean, I, I didn't care because the, the rant was just worth putting out to begin with. You know, like, like I'm sure like people are listening to it and be like, whoa, this is this guy. Oh, okay. You know, and only it was, was like some comic book dude. I don't know. It was bizarre. It's 
Some well, people are committed to being like that. But, but my position of neutrality really bothered them. Uh-huh. I think it bothers a lot of people when you're neutral. Like, like, like you know, like, how is it bad to, to want to be friends with everybody? <laughs> I get that. <laughs> <laughs> when, when did that become an issue? <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, I don't get it either. <laughs> I don't understand yeah. Yeah, me either. So, so let me finish this up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry about that. I keep going. No problem. I it's all it's all connected what we're talking about. Okay? It's all connected. It's about taking back your power, creating boundaries. After they did that, what we did is for each person mm-hmm. I had them write the emotion that they associated with that person next to that person's name. That was really interesting. And then I said to them, and this, this kind of got a couple people going, I said, no one is to blame for how you feel. <laughs> They're like, what? Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, no one's to blame for how you feel. But it's true. It's your responsibility how you, how you respond, isn't it? I mean. <laughs> the whole shaving cream was my responsibility? Yeah. I mean, you just said you're neutral. So yeah. you're taking responsibility for how you respond mm-hmm. and how you feel about something. You're remaining neutral. Yeah. So that you, you don't get angry and you don't get enrolled and you don't get swept up in that stupid conversation, that he, which is basically what he was trying to do was to enroll you in getting into that fight with him. Yeah. So that he could show you how smart he is and how much more, more he's right and you're wrong. Yeah, that's what I'm telling you about you people you that are. You can't, you can't argue with "I don't care." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but when you get an "I don't care" next to somebody like him, it just fuels the fire. Apparently, yeah. Because you're not willing to fight back, and you're not willing to get sucked into his drama and all his anger. Mm-mm. And that just makes him angrier. Yeah. <laughs> just like why. I don't know. I don't know. It's like, dude, I just want to be your friend and other people's friends too. It's ridiculous. You know? So when you say no one's to blame for how you feel, that's what I told you earlier, you know, everything is in divine order. Surrender and accept it with love and gratitude. Mm-hmm. Nobody's to blame for how you feel. True. You're going to take responsibility for how you respond, right? Yeah. So what would it be like, think about this, what would it be like to not blame people, places, and things for how you feel? Well, well that would be awesome. I wouldn't have to worry about it. Of course it would. It. You know, I'd be like, all right, you know, I, I learned this and that, and this person, and, and I learned those things because this person did these things that I'm mad about, but because it doesn't really make sense for me to be mad because I benefit all this other stuff. Yeah. So the other thing is you'd have to be completely responsible for your perspective and your responses in your life. You you did you wouldn't get you wouldn't be able to be blaming everybody else for what was going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just me. That's cool. it's, it's what I. That's a lot of decide. power. Okay, that's the power you possess as a human being. I like free that. will. It's a good idea. No one is to blame. No one is to blame for how you feel. Period. 
So the book, it then sh- it shares, like I said, the actual workshop attendees, their stories and their outcomes. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of things that we talk about around um, uh, boundaries, taking back power, expectation, family expectation, social agreement and programming, definition of titles. I get a lot of people that, you know, grew up in very dysfunctional families and then they end up marrying into dysfunction and they're getting disrespected and they're getting uh, just treated horrendously bad. And, you know, that's all about, it's funny how we take the meaning or the word family or we take the meaning of mother and father based on societal agreement of what the expectation is around those those titles. Okay, what's the expectation around family? Well, it's funny because people will allow their family members to be very destructive and very disrespectful just because they're family. And I'm like, wait a minute. This is just human being to human being just because you were born into this group of people and you share the same blood doesn't mean that gives them the free reign to treat you with anything less than respect. What are you doing? It's so funny, especially people with their kids Mm -hmm. because it's their kids. I don't know what happens there. It's like, well, wait a minute, it's your child. Why are you allowing this child to disrespect you, to talk to you in a way that should not be acceptable to you? And then you've got to teach people, you know, that's not acceptable. I don't care if it's your daughter or your son or your mother or your father. It's still not acceptable to be treated that way. People have a tough time really wrapping their heads around that. Well, it's my dad. I don't care who it is. Right. It makes sense. I don't care. Because ultimately, if they're still treating you like that as an adult, your behavior as an adult is a direct reflection of how you were treated as a child, and there's the inner child coming out and repeating the behavior. It's that simple. So why would you tolerate that as an adult? Hmm. not a child anymore. No. You don't have to. No, you don't have to. People don't get that, though. It, it really floors me. It's hard to recognize sometimes, though. I know for me, I mean, sometimes it's hard for, for me to recognize. I think it's hard for most people to recognize it. I mean, why would anybody think it's okay for your mom and your dad to treat you disrespectfully? Mm-hmm. Why is that okay? Because it's your mom and dad? If anything, I think, I think you should have the anticipation of them treating you better than most people. Yeah. It's your family. Mm-hmm. You know? So we go through a lot of stuff like that. You know, when we did the workshop, we went through a lot of circumstances like that. And um, here's the thing. You're going to continue to manifest, and you know this because you mentioned it. You'll continue to manifest situations based on your underlying belief until the lesson is learned. So that's the other thing that you have to look at. That shaving cream and the reflection of the anger is what is the underlying belief there that you're still angry about something? Yep. You're angry with yourself. There's an underlying belief there about it. It is, yeah, yeah. I think I get angry for myself because I make the same mistakes a lot. 
So maybe well, that's where I, maybe that's where I have to stop being angry. Exactly. You gotta step back and look at it and embrace it. Because the more you resist it, the angrier you get, the more it just persists. It'll just keep coming up. A damn spiral. Yeah, it does. So here's the other thing, because I do a lot of, you know, really my practice is based on metaphysics, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a known fact that if you've got trapped emotions and you've got, uh, you know, all kind of inner child trauma that you haven't addressed and released, that eventually, um, not only will you repeat the behavior, but eventually your physical body will start to manifest different diseases. It's that simple. It's your body trying to get you to pay attention so that you release the emotion that's created, this discomfort in your body. Mm -hmm. So I do a lot of, you know, I target emotional release. Um, when we stuff emotions, it leaves deep emotional scars. And when you resist your work for healing, you continue to be triggered until it's addressed. And when you can talk about people and events without getting activated by your emotions, then you know you released it and you forgave. Hmm. You could talk about something and not be emotional about it anymore. Then you forgave it. So when it's still activating you, you haven't. Yep. But I think your underlying anger around the shave cream was not the shave cream, like we said. No. no. It's just me. Mad at me. Because of me, being me, very confusing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got to be okay with being you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're right. I do. Just be okay with being you. What's the problem? But we're not taught that, right? right. I mean, social programming and social agreement doesn't does it teach us to be okay with being ourselves be okay with being me it does not teach us that because there would be no mass consumerism if we were okay with ourselves the way we are yeah you did all it's all connected that's true though you wouldn't be looking for the constant escapes through media through food through yep. buying stuff yep doing stuff yep we'd all just be chilling and happy doing that exactly if we were just okay and loved ourselves for ourselves, again, there's no looking outside of yourself. Yeah, we can't. We can't allow, can't allow contentment to happen. So you get it. You're like, you know, the thing you enjoy the most is just having fun and kicking back. And you say, didn't you say you have a dog? You have a dog, right? Mm-hmm. Still have your dog? I have one dog now. I did have two. Last time we talked, I had two dogs. That's so I was still married. But she took one, I took one. I mean, look at your dog. You talk about perfection. Um, I don't know. Uh, my dog ate my pillow the other night. Well, then he's upset about there, something. There, there, there was pillow stuffing everywhere. I'm still cleaning it up. On top of the um, shaving cream. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to me. Dogs pick up... Dogs' purposes are to manage their owner's frequency, their vibrational frequency. So when you have an emotion and it's trapped or you're stuck in a loop and you're angry, he's picking up that frequency. And he was upset about something 
Does normally does he do that to your pillow? Normally he'll chew on anything he possibly can, yeah. yeah he's, so he's got some anxiety. Oh, he's still a puppy. Okay. And uh, it's just what he does. It's just his nature, you know. And, and like, um, you know, at, at his age, I should probably still be keeping him in a crate at night. But I don't because I like having him sleep with me. He likes to sleep with me, too. Yeah. So it's just something. Oh, he's a, he's he's a puppy. That's... Yeah. Just got to deal with it until he outgrows it, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotta love him for oh, being, yeah. I got to love him for being a puppy. Like, I have to love me for being me. Exactly. Embrace him for who he is. How old is he? Uh, it's about 11 months now. <laughs> I might have to do some work with him on that chewing up stuff. Well, he did it that one night, but the last two nights he didn't. So, we'll figure it I out. I had a dog. I'll tell you about my, my yellow Labrador. He's been gone for almost 12 years, and... When I got him in the shelter, we were his third family. He was a year and a half old, and he had been brought back twice. This dog was a terrorist, okay? I mean, terrorist, all right? Ripped stuff off the kitchen counters. Whatever he could get his mouth on, he tore the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. He was so angry because he had been physically abused by two families. They're just like human beings. It's like, wow, I could tell how angry he was about something, right? And I said, well, how can I, how can I work with him through this? So what did I do? I, I loved the hell out of him. That's what I did. I just loved him and loved him and loved him, even when he chewed up my pillow. And he stopped. Mm-hmm. He stopped doing it. Kind of like human beings, you know? He just yeah. wanted to be loved. That's it. Yeah, I think my dog, my dog just wants to play. Well, of course he does. That's another thing, too. This morning he got the paper towels. There's paper towels all over the house. He eats paper towels? Yeah, they're just everywhere. <laughs> he eats a whole roll. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of dog is that? He's, he's a pit bull. He's a pit bull? Yeah, a big one. He's like 80 pounds. It's <laughs> funny. He didn't get sick from eating a whole roll of paper towels. Well, he, he didn't like, eat them. He just tore it up and just like, there's just, he shredded it. Oh, my God. Just like he did with the pillow. Yeah, I get so it. I, so I, I didn't have any paper towels to clean up the uh, shaving cream. <laughs> <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. <laughs> no, I believe you. I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. They're the best, though. Yeah. I still don't have a dog yet. Last time I talked to you, you told me, because I told you I was thinking about getting a dog. You're like, you need to get a dog. Yeah, you need yeah. to have some fun. Yeah, you do. <laughs> just, just find one. I know I do. You know where I think I'm actually going to have fun? I'm going to go to a dog park. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. i just be with a dog. Let them run around. Pat them. I think I'd get a lot of joy from that. That's right. Yeah, you know, when I lived in Alabama, that's what I would do. I would just hang out in the yard with my dogs. You know, it's nice. Here it's too cold right now to do that. And where are you at? I'm in New Jersey now. In New Jersey, okay. Where are you at? I know. I'm in Illinois, so it's the same. The weather's cold. pretty simple. You guys get a lot of snow yet? Yeah, it snowed twice this week. How much? 
I think each time it was about four or five inches. But you guys I'm, get hit pretty bad. Well, I'm sort of on the coast, so it melts fast. It's not like when I lived in the central part of the state where it would just hang out all year long. Yeah. You guys get a lot of snow. You do. Like I'm We've lazy. only gotten a, I'm happy because we only got a couple inches, so I'm hoping it'll stay like that. I don't even shovel it. I just leave it. You even have to shovel? I, I don't. I have a shovel, I, but I don't use I it. I get out of your driveway. I drive a Jeep, so I can just drive over top of it. Yeah, I get it. I used to have one of those. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not a regular issue. <laughs> no, it's not. They can get through anything. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I miss mine. Yeah, I love but my That's Jeep. a whole other story. Yeah. So I hope you learned something. I hope you I got did. something out of what we talked about. Yeah, it was fun. I think, I think it cured me. <laughs> well, I gave you a lot of things to consider, right? Yep. That's Absolutely. what my work does. Gives people a lot of things to consider and be with. There's possibility. And it's all towards healing, period. Fantastic. Evolving and healing. That's so before we wrap it up where can my listeners find you and uh where's your book and when is it coming out the book has been out since october um it's if they go to my website because right now old ozark mountain is the only one where you can purchase it through yeah, the i saw on amazon it says pre-order yeah it's not pre-order anymore it came out in october so um yeah they didn't pick so on my website, which is wellnesssanctuary.net, and it's Wellness Sanctuary, and there's three S's in there, wellnesssanctuary.net, that's my practice. There's an author page where people can uh, order the book, and they can get they can get to me through there. There's email on there, and I'm everywhere. I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, all that stuff. But yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So I'll put a link to that. In the notes of my ep- this episode, so my listeners can find it. I'm trying to find your website. Oh, it's in the Bronx. I must be looking at the. I must have spelled this wrong. Let me see. W e l l n e s s s a c a n c. E-U-A-R-Y. Thank you. Not now. Fuck. You're it up. Did it work? Did it not Wellness. I don't have my glasses on. How do I spell sanctuary? S A N. Mm-hmm. C T U A R Y. There it is. Got it. Thank you. Good. That way I can put it <laughs> in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so this will be in the notes of this episode, so my listeners can check you out and get your book, and um, and take the course when it comes out. Be awesome. Fantastic. Absolutely. Well, thanks Thank for being on. Thank you. It was good to talk to you. You too. And hang on one moment while I play the outro. 
this link at the top of this page, www.everythingimaginable2020.com. You can also buy the book Enlightenment Guaranteed. It's the only book on the 